Welcome to the Calvary Church Podcast. We're glad that you are here and that you can be a part of a recent service at TCC. So let's join the service, which is already underway, and listen to the message. If you turn in your Bibles with me to the book of 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. While you're turning there, just want to thank the Ellis family and this pastoral staff here at the Calvary Church uh, for their love and kindness towards me and my family. Uh, We do love all of you and appreciate all of you and are so thankful that the Lord has allowed our ministry to connect to the Calvary Church. This church certainly holds a special place in our hearts, and uh, it's always a date on the calendar that we look forward to. Thank you, Jesus. Second Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. If you have it, say amen. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is an holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. Would you pray with me before we're seated today? Jesus, we love you. So thankful to be gathered together in your house this morning. Lord, we're believing for a great demonstration of your spirit. Lord, I pray that the word would have free course in this midst today. Lord, I pray that you would give us ears to hear what the spirit saith unto the church in this hour. Lord, I pray that there would be a response stirred up inside of us here today. Lord, that something would provoke us, Lord Jesus, Lord, to move and act and demonstrate in this hour where you are performing great and mighty works. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. If you're going to help me preach, you may be seated. That's fantastic. All of you sat down. Praise God. Praise God. I want to preach to you with the help of the Lord on this Sunday morning. Make room for revival. Make room for revival. That word revival uh, carries with it a connotation in the church world uh, that maybe is a little different to its actual definition when we talk about revival. We're usually speaking about a special set of services or a guest speaker or something like that. But that word revival is rooted in the word revive which means to restore to life or consciousness, to restore to life or consciousness. This, uh, by nature of the definition, implies that whatever is coming back to life had life at one point, had consciousness at one point. Amen? Just testing you out, see if you're there. All right. See, because I can't see, so I'm just assuming all of you are smiling at me. Hallelujah. Amen. 
When I found out I was going to be a dad, my boss at work told me something uh, that in hindsight is profound. When I heard it, I didn't, I didn't realize it. But he looked at me and he said, it's not about you anymore. Well, I thought for sure a parent would run the aisle, but that's all right. Oh, how true those words have become. It most certainly is not, has not, will not ever be about me anymore. I do remember the good old days when I used to get in the car and go where I wanted, when I wanted. Hallelujah. I remember spending money on things that I wanted to spend money on. I remember hot meals. Yeah. Those were all great things of the past. Hallelujah. These altars are open. No, I'm just kidding. But I did discover that this little baby was going to have a greater impact on my life than anything I could have ever imagined. It moved in with force and took over the calendar, took over the sleep schedule, took over everything. That little life dominated my life. John chapter 3 and verse 5 says, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. This verse is, of course, describing to us the new birth experience. Being born of water is baptism in Jesus' name. And being filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, is the infilling of the Spirit. And if you have never been baptized in Jesus' name or been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you can have it before you leave here today. When we are born again, it is meant to have the same effect upon our life as when a family has a child. It ought to slowly begin to take over our life. It ought to begin to take over the landscape of our life. It ought to begin to take over the way that we think and the way that we talk and the places that we go and the fellowship that we have and the things that we engage in and entertain in our life. All of these things ought to be affected by being born again. Amen? When Elisha passed by the Shunammite woman, the Bible says that she constrained him to come in and eat bread. And he did, because when you offer a man food, he says yes. Oh, come on. I thought that was a pretty good joke. You guys could have laughed a little better than that. Come on. You know, we had less people here at the 9 (laughs) o'clock. But she had no idea that that encounter with the man of God was getting ready to change the entire landscape of her life. It's like when you first come into church, and maybe you don't have a relationship with God, but you feel the Spirit of the Lord moving in a service, 
And you may not understand everything, but something inside of you says, I need what's happening in this room right now. You know what that is? That's that constrainment that she felt. She said, you know, I've heard about this man, uh, and things change when he walks by this way. Uh, I'm going to invite him to come in and eat bread. As a matter of fact, I'm going to constrain him to come in and eat bread. Uh, I'm not going to take no for an answer. Uh, Oh, I recall the first time uh, that the Holy Ghost swept through a room, uh, and I said, God, uh, I'm not leaving here until we have an encounter. I'm not leaving here until I'm in your company. I constrained him to come in and share a moment with me in that hour. But I could have never realized that that moment would change the course of my entire life. Uh, That one moment, uh, that new birth experience uh, would begin to transform my entire life. Mm. Hallelujah. The Bible says that she constrained him to come in the first time. But after that, he would stop by every time that he came by his way. Isn't that just like a man? You feed him a hot meal one time, and he's going to check in every time. Hallelujah. Don't you know the Lord's the same way? After that first encounter, he's going to check in every morning. Hey, I wonder if they're in the prayer closet today. I wonder if I could come in and just share some time with them today. I wonder if we could have a little meetup here today. You know, uh, it isn't meant to be a one-time experience in an altar. Uh, but every time after that, uh, there's supposed to be encounter uh, after encounter uh, after encounter. Uh, honey, that first time, uh, that's just the beginning uh, of a transformed life. Uh, that's just the starting line uh, of a transformation process. Mm. Mm. Hallelujah. Acts 2.38 says, Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This verse starts with the command to repent. Before being baptized in Jesus' name, before being filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, we must repent. But repentance is not confession. Sometimes we reduce repentance to confession, but that's not what it is. Confession is a part of repentance, but it is not all of repentance. See, when I came to the Lord in an altar, I asked him to forgive me of my sins. But repentance didn't stop there. Repentance only started there. See, when I walked out the door, I had to start walking away from some things. I had to start moving some things out of my life. And when I did that, I started making room in my life for that new life to grow. I started making 
making space for the Holy Spirit to begin to rearrange and change the landscape of my life. I said, God, this doesn't seem like it fits here anymore. I'm going to go ahead and move it out of my life. These conversations don't seem like they go here anymore. I'm going to go ahead and change the conversation. You know what I was doing? I was making room in my life for life to grow. I began to understand I didn't just have an experience. I didn't just have a one-time encounter with God. But God is looking to transform the landscape of my entire life. Every friendship, every relationship, every family member, every issue, every problem, every challenge, every mountain, and every valley. I made room for God to work. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You know why some of us struggle with the same things? For 10 years, 20 years, mm. we want to coexist with it. Mm. Ah. But I can't coexist with sin. I can't coexist with carnality and expect God to have his will in my life. I can't coexist with a carnal attitude, with a carnal mindset, and expect the landscape of my life to change. I've got to be willing to release some opinions. I've got to be willing to let go of some grudges. I've got to be willing to release some offenses. I've got to be willing to move some things out of the way and say, God, I've going to give it all to you. I'm going to leave it right here on this altar because I want you to have all the space that you require for you to fulfill your purpose in my life. Ah, if you want God to change the situation, you've got to make room for him to work. You've got to move some things out of your life and say, God, have your way. Ah, we live in a world that says you can coexist with sin. Anybody ever seen that coexist bumper sticker? Hmm. It's got symbols for every religion on that bumper sticker. You know what the last one is? It's the cross. And therein lies the issue. If you... Want God to change the landscape of your life? The cross 
comes first. That's what repentance is. It's when you say, God, I've done it my way for too long. God, I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to give you everything that steered me off course before. I'm going to give you all the things that I didn't seem to be able to let go of. I'm going to release them into your hands. I want to make room for you to move in to my life and change my life. Uh, I remember we were in a Brother Eli Hernandez revival in Columbus. And Brother Hernandez told everyone to make a list of the things that you wanted or needed God to do in your life. So my wife and I, we made a list. And most of that list dealt with really the wreckage of years spent in sin. You know, God helped me to clean up our finances, clean up our debt, help me to, you know, fix these relationships, help our, our future. All these issues, all these attachment points where, where sin had brought some baggage into our life. The, the list mainly dealt with those things. And God began to do every single one of those things. But you know, when you got to the end of that list, something happened. Our paradigm began to shift. And the prayers began to change. And as God began to rearrange uh, and make over uh, and change the landscape of our life, uh, there was a new list uh, that began to develop. Uh, and it had nothing to do with the landscape of my life. Uh, I began to pray, God, uh, help our city. Uh, God, help our country. Uh, God, uh, send revival. Uh, Lord, uh, release the miraculous. Uh, Lord, release uh, the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. God, uh, begin to change the landscape uh, of our community. Uh, God, uh, help our city uh, to break through the bondage uh, that's enslaved it uh, for too long. Uh, God, we want to make room for you uh, in our city. Uh, that's exactly how it should be. You see, the Holy Ghost started in the upper room, but it didn't take very long before it spilled into the street. I feel the Holy Ghost in this house right now. I feel the Lord trying to change some mindsets in this room. He's challenging some people. Hey, you've got to increase the size of your altar. You've got to make room in your life for the work that I'm doing in this hour. I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. I feel a pressure in the spirit as I'm preaching this word right now. I feel the Holy Ghost challenging some people in this room. He's saying, look, I'm going to take care of the stuff. I'm going to take care of the list. What I need you to do is make room in your life for me to work. I can't speak if you're never listening. I can't, I can't move if you never get your hands off it ah. friend of mine 
this word says uh, that the latter rain uh, will be greater uh, than the former rain. Uh, I don't know about you, uh, but I stand on that promise uh, every single day. Uh, and I believe uh, that the church uh, is going to see an end time harvest uh, and an end time revival. Uh, unlike the witch uh, that we have ever seen uh, in our lifetime. Uh, but if it's going to happen, uh, we're going to have to make room for it. Ah. Huh. Mm. We're going to have to make room for revival. Turn your attention to this title screen here for just a moment. This is uh, Sister Stark's living room. And I didn't have permission to take this photo. And we're broadcasting live on Facebook. Hallelujah. So it'll be our secret and your secret. I was walking. No, whoa, 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 whoa. Back it up. I was walking through the living room one day. And I saw all this furniture. And the Holy Ghost began to speak to me about this message. See, Sister Stark, she loves to entertain. And she can... She can fit a lot of furniture, a lot of seating into one room. But if I wanted to give her a new piece of furniture, she'd have to get rid of something in order to receive it. Give me that first slide now, if you would. In January and February, this is what life looked like for most of us. Our lives were full. Work, family, church, entertainment, extracurricular activities, ministry, chores. Yeah. We were busy. So busy. So busy doing the work of the Lord. And then March came. All of a sudden, our schedules were cleared involuntarily. Even most of the time wasters were cleared off the books. And we found ourselves bored. We were given an opportunity to recenter, to refocus. Friend, if you, if you think God has not had his hand on 2020, then you need to shut off the noise in your life because God has been speaking very clearly all throughout this year. And his people were given an opportunity in 2020 to clear some things off the table of their life. To prepare for what was coming next. I spoke to a pastor at Midwinter Youth Retreat just in January of this year. And he said, Vinny, he said, I don't know what it is. He said, but we went to do the church calendar. And God said, just clear the calendar for 2020. He said, we canceled every fundraiser. We canceled every event. He said, and we're just going to take it day by day. 
Tell me God's not speaking. But do you hear what he's saying right now? As things are beginning to open, as life is pushing to get back to normal, do you know what I hear the Holy Ghost saying? Don't allow the things that crowded me out before begin to crowd me out again. He said, I created some space in your life. I created some space on the calendar. Please leave room for revival because revival is coming. Hey, don't be swept up in what the world is saying right now. You need to make room for revival in your life. Ah, I wish somebody believed what I was preaching to you today. Friend of mine, revival requires room. It requires space. It requires real estate. It requires commitment. It requires consecration. Please make room for revival. The day I was writing this sermon, I was praying in the driveway before it got chilly. And as I was walking up and down the driveway, praying, I felt like the Lord brought this verse to my mind, began to speak some things into my spirit. First Peter 1.16 says, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. See, I found myself getting swept up in the reopening of life. Mm. You weren't the only one that was bored. I wanted things to do. And I felt the Lord say, wait. Just pause for a moment. Just hold up for a moment. Because you're getting ready to step into a season of increase. And when that season comes, you don't want to find yourself completely entangled with all the things of this world. Because you need to be ready when the moment of harvest arrives. And this is what he spoke into my spirit. He said, He said, you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. He said, and if you wouldn't do it in the church building, then don't do it in my temple. If you wouldn't play it in the church building, then don't play it in my temple. If you wouldn't say it in the church building, then don't say it in my temple. If you wouldn't bring it in the church building, don't bring it in my temple. If you wouldn't touch it, if you wouldn't watch it, if you wouldn't entertain it, if you wouldn't eat it or drink it in the sanctuary, then don't do it in my temple. What was he saying? He was saying, give me back the real estate in your life that belongs to me and make room for revival. He went on to challenge me. I've always enjoyed my mornings. I spend mornings... I try to spend every morning with the Lord as, as I'm able to. And I know people say they got a prayer closet. I got a prayer chair. 
But as I was praying that morning, he said, I'm not looking for a prayer closet. He said, I'm looking for a prayer life. He said, you need to expand the territory uh, and your way of thinking in your life. Uh, he said, don't just leave me uh, behind when you get up and walk away from the chair. Uh, he said, because I'm trying to speak to you throughout the day. Uh, I'm trying to order your steps throughout the day. Uh, he said, there are divine appointments uh, that are set up in your pathway. Uh, and if you leave me here, uh, when you walk away from the chair, uh, you're going to miss out uh, on opportunities uh, of harvest. Uh, he said, I'm looking uh, for a prayer life. But you know what that requires? It requires making room. It requires clearing my thoughts. It requires keeping my ears open and staying plugged in and hearing the voice of the Lord. And that's the challenge of this hour that we are in right now. I feel the Lord challenging the church. Make room. Make room. Make room. Make room. Make room. Make room. For revival. Ah. Then he asked me, Can you fit revival in your life? I have learned when the Holy Ghost asks you a question, don't answer. The answer is forthcoming. And you don't have it. <laughs> and then I, I heard the Spirit say revival requires room for sacrifice, for prayer, for personal consecration, for selfless service, for intercession. You know, you used to be able to walk into a church and everyone could tell you who the intercessors were. Ah! Requires room for teaching, for forbearing, for forgiving, for unity, for encouraging, for preparing for discipleship, and for maturity. The Lord has promised revival, but we've got to make room for it. We've got to make room for it. Ah, we can't become so uncomfortable huh, with a cleared schedule huh, or with empty space in our life huh, that we begin to fill it in huh, just to fill it in. Huh. Could it be huh, that God huh, has created some space huh, for the revival huh, that he is sending huh, in this hour? Mm. Huh. Shunammite woman, the rest of her story. If you've never read it, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and fill you in. So you're in the know. She invites the prophet into her house and and she makes room for him to abide every time he comes by. <laughs> you know, sometimes that's all it takes is just make room for him to abide. 
And after a few of these times, the man of God sends his servant. He says, I want you to talk to her. Find out what she needs. What's she lacking? What is it in her life that she wants God to do for her? So Gehazi's servant asks her. And he finds out she's never had a child. So the prophet prophesies. Says, tell her. She's going to have a baby. Hallelujah. Life is coming. Guess what? She had a baby. Baby grows a little bit older. Goes to work with dad one day. Hallelujah. Don't work, you don't eat. Little boy gets a headache in the field. So dads do, dad did what dads do. He said, go home and see mom. I don't know what to do with that. So the little boy goes home and dies. Well, the Shunammite woman was having none of it. That spirit of constrainment came on her again. But she said, this time I'm not waiting for him to pass by. I'm going to track him down. I'm going to have a talk with the promise giver. So she finds him. She strolls in the back door. He's preaching a revival somewhere. And he knows there's trouble because she's never come to him. He must have been scared because he sent Gehazi to talk to her. The poor associate pastors, you right? They, they, take the, they take the front. They take the front. Go find out what's wrong and report back. <laughs> Gehazi, go find out what the issue is. So he comes up to her, says, what's the matter? She wasn't going to talk to second in command today. <laughs> she just looked at him and said, it is well. <laughs> it is well. Ah, she sidesteps the second man, and she gets a hold of that prophet and says, you gave me a promise, and that promise is laying lifeless at my house right now. She said, it's time to bring this altar call to a conclusion because you're taking a trip to my house today. And she brings that prophet to her house. Mm. And let me read you what happens. 2 Kings 4, 33 and 34 says, He went in therefore and shut the door upon them twain. It was just him and the boy. You know, sometimes that's what you got to do when you got a promise that has seemed to die in your life. You just shut the door and say, God, it's just me and the promise. We got to have a little talk. He shut the door upon them twain and prayed unto the Lord. And he went up and lay upon the child and put his mouth upon his mouth and his eyes upon his eyes and his hands upon his hands. And he stretched himself upon the child and the flesh of the child waxed warm. How many times? In the history 
of the Calvary Church as it seemed like revival was finally breaking out. Revival's here. We're experiencing the growth. We're seeing the fulfillment. Only to watch it slip through your fingers. Church, I've come to tell you today that that promise is not dead. It's not the day to give up on that promise of revival. The things that you have seen come to pass before, you will see come to pass again and then some. You will see and experience the exponential growth and revival that has been prophesied over this pulpit. You will see the miracles that have been declared over this pulpit. You will see the deliverances that have been proclaimed and declared in your family. You will see the prodigals return as has been declared time and time again. Don't let that promise lay lifeless in your life. It's time for the church to shut the door and get alone with the promise and say, God, we still believe there's life in this promise we must make room for revival few years ago My wife and I sat down at the kitchen table to have a talk. At that time, we had two girls. We sat down to have the talk. Will there be more children? I was on the side of not being outnumbered. It was equal. I liked it that way. We're bigger than they are. They have to listen to us. If there's another child, we will be outnumbered. They'll be the majority. So I talked her into seeing it my way. <laughs> so funny. One week later, to the day, to the hour, at the same table, my wife walks in, says, I've got some news. We're going to be outnumbered. (laughs) We lived in a four-bedroom house. We had a guest room. You remember the guest room? That was so nice. Sometimes I'd go in there and take a nap. It's wonderful. But upon the announcement of new life, 
changes had to be made. It was only a couple days before there was paint cans in the guest room. Before that queen bed was being moved out. Before a crib was being moved in. I've come to challenge you today. Don't be content with what you got. Because there's another promise on the way that you didn't even see coming. God's got revival. Every time I pray for this church and seek God before I come here, I, I feel it every time. He says, I got revival. I got revival for the Calvary Church. I got harvest. I got the sick and the hurting and the wounded that are going to come in, that need healing, that will need restored, that will need to be reconciled. Friend, it's not time to just go back to being content having good church because there's another baby that's on the way. Got to make room for revival today. Would you stand with me? your eyes for a moment begin to talk to the Lord. I feel like the Lord is wanting to speak to some people right now. Perhaps he's prompting you to start a list. Before we get any further into the conclusion of 2020, I feel like there's some things that some of us have to decide now before it's decided for us. Where we're going to leave room for God to work in our life. Church men's hearts are failing them for fear. And people are truly looking for a place of refuge. A genuine place. An authentic place. And I believe they can find that place right here at the Calvary Church. But we got to make room to receive them. We got to make room to grow them, to nurture them, to love them, to help them. You're in the people business. People take time and people need room in your life. I I just feel the love of the Lord so strong in this room right now. I want to just invite you to lift your hands and begin to respond to the Holy Ghost right now. 
Just begin to respond and speak to the Lord right now. Let him begin to speak to you. Come on, if your mind has been consumed with the messaging of our world these last few weeks, I want you to begin to just clear some of that out of your mind right now. Come on, begin to put down some of that despondency that you've been feeling. Come on, begin to put down that doctrine of doom and gloom that our world is preaching all around us. And begin to listen to the voice of the Lord. Begin to hear His promises in your ears again. Let the clarity of His voice return again. Make room for Him to speak. Make room for Him to move. Make room for revival in your life today. Hallelujah. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.